listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday the 6th of December. You are listening to The Recap, made for you by Sharesies. And Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Uh, just before we, <laughs> we get to record, uh, dear listeners, I said I was going to talk about how I spent all weekend tiling my splashback. And then Alice very wisely said, you know, maybe we should just talk about how tomorrow's our 100th episode. Not that your tiling isn't exciting, but I just thought our 100th episode, I mean, it's going to be the highlight of my week, I think. I, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. That is tomorrow. It's tomorrow's episode. And it's going to be so good. Uh, you made the right call for me not to talk about the tiling. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few exciting things lined up, don't we? So make sure you tune in. Yeah, please do. Uh, it's a bit of a competition. Some prizes up for grabs. Absolutely, it's going to be great. But let's crack on to the show. Let's start things off by returning to a company who we actually covered last month when it went public. That's intriguing. So who was that? Now, do you remember Vulcan Steel by any chance? Yes, I do. So if I remember correctly, they dual listed on both the New Zealand and Australian stock exchanges um, back in early November. Great memory. Yes, indeed. They raised $371 million Australian dollars in the IPO. And to jog your memory, Vulcan is a steel distribution company. It was started in Auckland in 1995. It has 29 locations in both New Zealand and Australia. Uh, it made $731 million worth of sales in 2020. So uh, a sizable company. All right, so why are we talking about Vulcan today? Well, they've just released a trading and earnings update for the five months to the end of November, so I thought it worth uh, checking in and seeing where they're at. Now, Vulcan's overall revenue was up 35% for the same period last year. Uh, the volume of sales they made increased as well by 11%. Okay, so how has this affected how they think the rest of the year will go? Now, Vulcan says they hadn't actually anticipated how strong trading would be. The managing director, Reese Jones, said that a high point had been in Australia, uh, generally across the board, and particularly as uh, COVID-19 restrictions were loosened in Sydney and Melbourne. So for the financial year ending in June, they had previously forecast a net profit of $74 million. They now think it'll be somewhere between 93 and $100 million. They've also updated the EBITDA forecast. Ah, old friend EBITDA. I know, I've, I've missed him a lot. Just to reiterate, <laughs> EBITDA is earnings before interest tax, depreciation and amortisation. That initially was forecast to be $147 million. The revised range is now between $174 and $184 million. Right, and how was the Vulcan share price after this news? Well, on the ASX, which is Vulcan's primary exchange, it had closed on Friday at $8.10. Just before recording, I went in to have a look, and it was up about 6%, hitting $8.58. Uh, Over to you, Alice. Uh, what else has been happening out there? 
Uh, well, on Friday, there was some relatively big news about Didi, the Chinese ride-hailing company. Uh, the company announced that it plans to delist from the New York Stock Exchange. Now, delisting is when a company removes itself from an exchange, uh, quite literally the opposite of a company listing. Yeah, it makes sense. But before we get into it, tell me a bit more about Didi. Yeah, so as I just mentioned, Didi is a ride-hailing giant uh, or a mobility technology platform as the company describes itself. Now, the company is headquartered in China and offers app-based services around Asia-Pacific, Latin America and Africa, as well as Central Asia and Russia. Uh, according to the company's website, Didi has over 550 million users and tens of millions of drivers. Now, Didi only went public about five months ago. The company did a $4.4 billion initial public offering on the New York Stock Exchange back in June. Uh, at the time, the company was valued at more than $70 billion US dollars. They've also got a really annoying Instagram ad that always pops up and the music has sort of seared itself into my brain. It goes, do, 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 do. I just hear it when I go to sleep now. Uh, but I take it as something about the company must have changed for it to want to delist so soon? Yeah, well, shortly after the listing, things took a bit of a downwards turn for Didi. Uh, just days after the IPO, Chinese authorities said they would ban Didi from app stores in China, stating that it broke privacy laws and posed cybersecurity risks. Uh, pulling the app meant that no new customers could sign up for the service. Now, after that, Didi's share price collapsed, and quite frankly, it's failed to recover since. Uh, Didi's share price peaked above $16 not long after the IPO, uh, but has declined and has now been trending between $7 to $9 ever since. Um, that's about half of that peak price and now it's going to delist right yes but the company uh, so the company is planning on delisting from the new york stock exchange but the company's planning on listing in hong kong instead uh, Didi said in a statement that after a careful study the company will start delisting on the new york stock exchange immediately and start preparations for listing in hong kong uh, the company said that it would plan for the for their U.S. shares to be converted into tradable shares on another internationally recognized stock exchange. Uh, but at this stage, there's not many details on what this, this would look like or uh, the timings of it. Did the move come as, as any, like a shock or anything like that? It seems quite unprecedented. Well, there's been pressure on Chinese companies listed overseas, and in particular, there's been a regulatory clampdown on US-listed Chinese companies. Uh, last week, there were rumours actually that Chinese regulators asked Didi to delist from the US because of concerns around data security. But the pressure hasn't just been from China's end. There's also been increased scrutiny from the US. On Thursday last week, the US Securities and Exchange Commission finalised rules that would allow the commission to delist foreign companies that refuse to open their books to US regulators. Now, previously, uh, this is something that Chinese companies have been reluctant to do. China has rejected US audits of Chinese companies, uh, saying that it would be a national security concern. And what happened to Didi's share price after the news broke? Well, Didi's share price fell more than 20% on Friday after the announcement was made. Uh, the share price is now sitting at around $6.07, and that's down 57% since the company first went public. Great. Thanks, Alice. And what else has been happening today? 
Well, I'll wrap up with some news from DocuSign. So DocuSign, in case you haven't come across the company, uh, is a software provider and they allow organisations to manage electronic agreements. So for example, one feature uh, of of its software is that you can use e-signatures, which allows you to electronically sign contracts. DocuSign is also listed on the NASDAQ exchange in the US and if anyone owns shares in DocuSign, you may have noticed that its share price fell more than 40% on Friday. That is quite the move. Uh, So are you going to tell me what happened? Absolutely. So the decline happened after the company released its latest earnings report. Now, interestingly, the company actually beat both revenue and earnings expectations for the third quarter of this year. Right. So how did DocuSign go? Well, the company made 546 million US dollars in revenue for the quarter. Uh, that was higher than the 531 million dollars expected. As for earnings, those came in at 58 cents per share adjusted versus the 46 cents expected. So, if the company did better than expected, I'm I'm struggling to see how this would lead to a dramatic fall in the share price. Right. Well, it was actually more to do with what DocuSign said about the quarter ahead. Right. Uh, the company said it expects fourth quarter revenue to come in between $557 and $563 million, which was lower than the $574 million analysts were expecting the company to say. I see, I see. So why the lower figure? Well, DocuSign's been benefiting from the rise of remote working as people have had to rely on electronic signatures while they've worked from home. So for the past six quarters, the company has reported revenue growth of more than 40% each quarter. Uh, but, but that forecast for the last quarter or, or quarter four is only around 30% growth. So that's a step down from what the company's experienced for the past year and a half. Uh, CEO Dan Springer, he acknowledged this. He said in the, in the earnings call, uh, while while we had expected an eventual step down from the peak levels of growth achieved during the height of the pandemic, the environment shifted more quickly than we anticipated. Great. Thank you very much, Alice. And that means we're out ski for today. That was recap for the 6th of December. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, that would have been episode 99, don't say. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's so exciting. also don't forget to give us a rating and review on apple podcasts and if you'd like to get in touch our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message Uh, there's a link to that in the episode description as we've hinted at uh, quite uh, quite over the top lee please join us tomorrow for what will be our 100th episode we have some real fun things planned so please listen in see you tomorrow matewa